you're listening to The Tech Box. Okay, air conditioning off. Check. Uh, MacBook Pro open and recording. Check. Um, microphone operational. Check. Okay, so we've got all that done. Uh, welcome, everybody, to episode 26A of The Tech Box. Uh, you might be wondering why it's 26A. And uh, we had a small hiccup with uh, 26 on its own because uh, the audio that we got out of it uh, was unfortunately not very usable. But we shan't blame anyone who was having raging air conditioning or microphone or MacBook problems. No, no, I don't, I don't think we should. I mean, you know, he was obviously demo-pappy at the time, wasn't he, in one of his many properties. Exactly, and it can happen to anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think that means you're a proper podcast, doesn't it? Because I always listen to a podcast where they say, oh, they lost some audio and they couldn't uh, have a section or an episode. So, yeah, I think we finally made it. Yeah, we've graduated now, haven't we? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's good. So, you know, let's, let's try, try episode 26A then. Yeah, so yeah. this is uh, episode 26A, and we should start with noting the passing of Nick uh, Ratcat um, from Tech Talk UK. So it's really uh, hit all of us in our little tech community that uh, he's now gone. Uh, and I think whilst uh, we all knew it was going to happen, it has now happened, and it was a fairly sad event. But hopefully we can remember... Nick for all the good things that he did. I mean, we had the most, the biggest uh, contact with him through the podcast. Uh, I think similarly to like a lot of people, I met him a couple of times in person at uh, pub meetups. And basically, as everyone says, and as you would expect from listening to him on the podcast, he was just a really nice guy, you know, really pleasant to speak to, uh, you know, and he'd be a great loss. And I think it's just a a sobering reminder to everyone that uh, our time is finite and we need to make the most of it and enjoy life as much as we can. And it's difficult to say that to ourselves, isn't it? And actually go through with it. But it really is the case. Mm. Yeah, that's very, very true. I mean, uh, I, I was very upset by, by what happened with Nick, obviously. And, and uh, I, I sadly have another friend with exactly the same problem. And, and it's it's just a, a terrible thing because in both cases, they sort of woke up one morning and didn't feel right and, and were very seriously ill very, very quickly, whereas before, neither of them seemed to have had any forewarning. So what James says is quite right. You've got to go out there and enjoy it while you can, says he, having been working here since half seven this morning. Hmm, I have to think about that, won't we? But anyway, no, I, I mean, one, one thing that I, I did want to say is, um, you know, one last time, uh, We'd be very grateful if you were able to make uh, some donations to uh, to Nick's family. Uh, his wife still has access to his PayPal account, uh, and uh, any sort of amount, however small, is is very welcome. Nick has two relatively small children, um, and losing their dad is a pretty bad blow to them. Not, never, never a good thing, of course, but uh, I think maybe especially when, when they're not very old. So anyway, if you can make a donation, it will be very much appreciated. We have confirmed that, that Nick's uh, wife does still have access to his account. Donations to paypal.me forward slash ratcat, R-A-T-K-A-T. Yeah, I second everything that you say there, Richard. Okay, so on with the show. 
And we'll start actually with what me and Andy managed to spend an hour talking about. We're now going to compress into the first item and get it covered in sort of two or three minutes. So well, Andy does waffle a lot, so since, he he, does, since he's yeah, not we here, get you'll, this yeah, down. We, we can get that done, yeah. Yeah, so what we were basically chatting about, which is the sort of theme of the previous show, was around uh, the V30 and the G7. So I'd been in love with my V30, and I still am, and there was the concept of getting the, the G7, and I thought that it would be the perfect device. Mm. Uh, it's thinner. It's got an LCD screen, which is a little bit more consistent, a little bit more bright, a little bit more white. Um, should fit in the pocket better. And I thought incremental improvements on the silicon, the CPU. You naturally, you expect some incremental improvements on the camera, which was always already fantastic on the V30. So I was really expecting this to be the killer device. So I went out and I got the G7 Plus. I was that confident. So I got oh. the 128 version with 6 gig of RAM. Oh and it is a lovely device, but one of the attractive things about the V30 is it's so crazily cheap at the moment. If you uh, buy it in on import eBay or uh, one of the Chinese uh, suppliers and the G7 isn't exactly cheap yet. So we have to wait a little bit for that, although no, no doubt it will get there. But in the one, the first thing that I noticed when I had the V30 is, is as much, sorry, the G7 is as much as the V30 is a little bit too wide, the G7 is a little bit too tall. And I would go as far as to say it kind of cancels itself out. And I think we are now attuned to having phones that are a little bit too wide. So we kind of make allowances for them. And, you know, we've been handling phones that are a little bit too wide for a few years now. Phones that are a little bit too tall are a little bit odd to me. And I've certainly got no way of knowing how to handle it. What do you mean too tall? I mean, I mean, you know, I, I listen to you going on about, oh, this is going to be better than the V30. And I made the same mistake. So I'm, I'm sitting here with a, a V30 in one hand and a G7 in the other. They're the same height. What do you mean too tall? You mean relative to the width? I guess it must be relative to the width. Let yeah. me hold them out here. Yeah, they are Ooh. roughly the same size. It's got a slightly taller screen. Perhaps, perhaps fractionally, but... They're... The screen's bigger, but the actual body of the phone isn't, is it? You're right. I'm looking at them both now. They are pretty much identical in height. But it, it, it I, I just think if you lopped off, um, without putting any bezels in, in the place, but if you lopped off half a centimetre off the top, essentially got rid of the ears and put a status bar in, then it would be the perfect size. I do think it feels uh, overly and, tall. Andy has got to you, hasn't he? Lop, lopping off the ears. You, you, don't, th you don't think that? Well, no, I like the size. I mean, I mean, if if I compare it with the with the S nine or whatever, it's smaller than the S nine. Um, is it narrower than the S nine? It's fractionally narrower than the S nine, I suppose. Um, I don't find the size too much of a of an issue, to be honest. I, I I've got to say, actually, um, and this is the trouble with variable variability of screens. I think the screen is actually better on my V thirty than on the G seven. Yeah, it makes you realise that there's not a whole lot wrong with the v30 screen yeah. so yes yeah. you've got you've got a super white super bright lcd on uh the g7 but it is lcd and the amoled on the v30 is not at all bad it's not samsung but it's not at all bad no and it doesn't have the blue shift problem that you've got on the, the pixel does it no it's a perfectly serviceable uh oled that is okay it's a couple of generations behind where Samsung is today, but it's it's perfectly decent. I've never had a problem with the screen 
Um, so yeah, the screen wasn't perhaps the advantage that I was uh, hoping for. And the the biggest disappointment that I have with the G7, because you know, overall, obviously, it's perfectly fine. It's a great phone. Um, is the camera. Yeah. yeah, it's not as good as I hoped either. The camera is noticeably worse than the V30. And when I say noticeably worse, it noticeably over-processes yep. over and above the V30. So you get massive edge enhancement, you get massive noise reduction, and it looks, if you look closely, it looks pretty horrible. I, I, I think it's interesting. I've got this theory that you know, this year we've got all this new range of phones with AI and whatever. I, I think they're taking the processing of the raw image too far, pretty much on all of them, actually. I mean, yeah. if you if you go back to something like, I mean, I was looking at some pictures I took a few years back with the um, Galaxy, uh, dreadful name, Galaxy S6 Edge Plus. And actually, I think in lots of ways, it took, it took nicer pictures than, than the current crop of phones do. Obviously, in, in, in some ways, no. I mean, if you put a P20 Pro out in the dark, it, it, I, I cannot understand how it's possible to take a handheld exposure that long and not have blur. I, I got some really great pictures. Pictures I was very happy with anyway, um, when I was on, uh, on holiday in Greece. In, in the in the evenings they're just amazing you wouldn't have got that a few years ago but but so many of these pictures and, and the p20 pro is guilty of it as well um in the daytime they are really really processed to the extent that yeah. you know, I, I sort of think oh if i had the time i'd be i'd be getting you know a, a decent editing program and i'd be i'd be changing the uh the composition not the composition the uh the, the way that the thing has been processed because it it's just over processed and i think this year's um s9 does that as well um not, there's a bit of me wishes I had the nerve to say I'd just go back to something like an S7 or something or, or even an S6 Edge Plus yeah. because they were producing lovely crisp pictures then and now so often as you say um, yeah, you, 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 they've ironed out some of the problems that, that you used to have by such a small lens, um, but they've brought in a whole load of new ones for making things look artificial and, and overdone. Yeah, if I take a photo in RAW on the G7, so I put it in the manual camera Yep. Uh, and I take a photo and then I process it with uh, Lightroom, the mobile version of Lightroom. And I'm no expert in that. So I just poke about with the settings until it looks good. And I put, you know, I crank up the uh, noise reduction a little bit, but not overly. And you can get a picture that's almost identical to what comes out of the V30. Mm. You get a picture that's almost identical to when you put the Pixel camera APK on here. Which tells you that the, uh, the sensor is fine. It's the software. Absolutely. The problem is, is that the Pixel Camera APK doesn't work very well on this. It no. kind the, the viewfinder runs at about one frame a second and the colours are all off. But you can tell that uh, apart from that, the outputted shot has a lot better balance of detail and um, sharpening and processing and all the rest of it. It's a far better balance. Whereas you just take a shot with the stock camera and it looks pretty dreadful. The uh, the one good thing about the G7 is it has got the double power button to launch yeah. the camera, yeah. uh, which the V30 doesn't. It's got double down volume when the screen is off, which is not quite as handy. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I mean, the, the, the G7 is a nice phone. You know, I certainly wouldn't say, oh, it, it's not, not a phone you want to have. In fact, in lots of ways, it's a very nice phone. But like you, I'm, I'm just kind of disappointed compared with the V30. I thought that it was actually going to be a step ahead from the V30. And... Other than the the shape, which I I I, I can just can I get my forefinger? I, I can just about touch my fingers round the V30 with, if I take the the second finger and and my thumb. Of course, you can easily do it with the G7, so it is much more grippable. Um, mm. But I mean, going back to what you said about the Google camera, it, it, 
doesn't seem to be terribly hard to find a, a portable Google camera that works on the V30 in, in, in either mode, does it? Whereas, yeah, like you, I've, I've kind of sort of lost heart a bit with the G7 because I've tried several and, it, and they they work patchily, but the output isn't actually better than the, the V30. Now, that reminds me, I sent you a message this morning to say there was a, a an update on my V30. Which I don't think I've ever got around to installing it, so maybe we can, we can do the install live on air unless it's done it automatically during the afternoon. Um, yeah. But that, I'd be interested to see what that does. And, and actually, like you said, it's, it, it, uh, it's a little bit worrying that they port the G7 camera onto the V30 and screw the thing up. But there we go. In the, in the name of testing something out, I shall press the update now and we'll, we'll see what happens. I think, it's unli- I think it's unlikely that a major processing change gets put out to the yeah. camera because it's not a definite improvement. It's a change, but you never know. So I would be heartbroken and I'd have to look into how I could... Uh, manage that if that did happen i suppose to be honest that the the google camera works so well on uh the v30 that you wouldn't have to worry because you just use the google camera more and more but that is not really an option on the g7 at the moment now two things could happen they could uh update the firmware and tone down the processing a little bit on the camera which feels unlikely but it's possible and then the second option is that the pixel 3 comes out and all the people in XDA developers are able to make a camera APK that goes onto the G7 and works as well as, in inverted commas, the Pixel 3, or does a good enough job that it sort of um, is the same as the Pixel camera on the V30, i.e. makes it as good as probably yeah. a, a Pixel 1 or, or something in that ballpark. Yeah, I, I think that must be a possibility, mustn't it? And, and you would kind of guess that, that there are people out there itching to get their hands on the on the Pixel 3 APK in, what, a month's time there or thereabouts. Yeah, but presumably you can get version 1 of the APK off the phone if you're one of these people that bought one of the um, early uh, ones that got nicked and sold into a few bloggers' hands uh, Uh, earlier in the month. Yeah, but that's not a a great recipe for... uh, You you could see that Google might get quite upset about that. They might do. I think the one one worry I have about um, the Pixel 3 in terms of the camera APK is... uh, I heard that they've put an improved, the custom silicon, their sort of visual core or whatever they call it, which does the processing for, uh, it does it off the CPU mm-hmm. um, or the SOC, I suppose I should say. Uh, they've put some improvements into that. And I was thinking, well, they could improve that to the point where they just use that chip to do all the HDR plus stuff and they don't use the features of the CPU and therefore... When you take the APK off and you put it on another phone, it doesn't work because it, it doesn't work, have that yeah. custom uh, custom chip on well, there. We never really found out what that custom chip was doing, did we, on the Pixels last so year? So my theory was that it provides access to the HDR Plus capability that is on the SoC, but there's no API to get to that um, bit of the SoC so that you can use that in just your normal standard camera. Mm. And therefore, they're having to duplicate that functionality in a separate little bit of silicon. That was my theory, that the only thing that actually had access to the gubbins on the uh, 835 and the 821 before it was the camera app. Mm. And therefore, Instagram and um, Snapchat didn't have access to that. But that was a bit, that was just my theory. So uh, I could be wrong. Sorry, mouth of coffee. Yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, I've never... I and that way you could, if you were Google, you, you'd have your, an option available to sell that little DSP to anyone to pair up with any CPU, which could be a lesser CPU rather than the uh, Snapdragon 8 series, which is the one that uh, 
uh, Qualcomm allows you to do all this advanced camera work on. I, I'm almost surprised that Google hasn't actually um, released the camera onto the, onto the Play Store because you can see why they want to have an exclusive aspect on the Pixel, of course. But on the other hand, the reason they've managed to achieve this photographic prowess is by having these millions and millions and millions of photographs to analyse. And and it strikes me that one thing they could do would be to integrate it into Google Photos so that you could basically only use it if stuff was uploaded to Google Photos. Um, it... it it's a strange, strange, isn't it, the way they've brought this out? Because you often well, they get did. this with them, and, and then it, it's sort of stuck. They did have the camera released in the Play Store for a bit, didn't they? Pre-Pixel. Pre- so it was probably mid-Nexus yeah. mid period. Yeah, it was the old and, camera, wasn't it? Yeah, and they took it out of the Play Store for what I... Well, they, they didn't make it uh, available to everyone in the Play Store. It's still updated for the Nexus owners. I would have assumed because it didn't work perfectly on every device and they couldn't guarantee that because the camera is the one really specialised uh, application on pretty much every Android device out there. So it was never going to work brilliantly on every device and therefore they just didn't want the hassle of trying to attempting to support it and all the negative reviews in the App Store and all the rest of it. Yeah, it could be it could be as simple as that, couldn't it? Uh, you just think that I mean, when that camera first appeared on the Pixel, everybody was sort of, good grief, you know, how have they done this? They've sort of leapfrogged over so many uh, camera phones over such a long period that you'd think that they would want to actually sort of get it everywhere, you know, um, and, and it, it it surprises me. I mean, it is actually relatively easy for a lot of phones to to get a port of it and stick it on, and if you spend half an hour on, on XDO developers, you can pretty much guarantee that unless you're talking about uh, an unusual chipset, that you can get a port that will work quite well. But as, yeah. as you said, G7, still not working properly, is it? No, I think I'm, I am. I know that I think you've got yours up for sale, haven't you? But I'm going to keep mm. mine for a couple of firmware uh, updates, I think, and then see what it looks like. Because there's a couple of improvements that could be made along the way. Even though I do think, you know, it is a fantastic phone. They've tweaked and improved a lot of the things on there over the V30. But the key things, the the you know, an important thing for people like me and you is the camera, and the camera's not quite there at the moment. So no, no, I'm going to keep an right. eye on it. I mean, the reason I, I got it up for sale is I'm, I'm I decided it was about time I had a, a serious attempt at destocking myself. Yeah, because I'm very good at buying things and not very good yeah. at moving them on. And actually, it's been quite good. I, I've actually had three phones go out this week, and and, and if Excellent. that if, well, yeah, if that was as far as it went, then that would be quite good. It's just that I've had two come in as well. <laughs> So what was the uh, what were the ones to go out? No, uh, what went out? Gosh, can I remember the Mi Max Two, um, okay. which is a, a great device. Um, the HTC U Eleven, which a phone I, I really love that phone. It, it kind of hurt to get rid of that one, but uh, you know you can only have so many. And if if you heard me say that and looked at my desk, you'd break into hysterical laughter. Um, and what was the other one that went? Oh, good grief, that's terrible. Oh, I know, um, iPhone Seven Plus. Mm. Uh, so you know what did you get for that out of interest um that's a good question hang on um i'll have to have a look <laughs> um 300 and something where are we uh 360 okay which is for a 128 which i mean effectively i i, I look at I, in all of these i look at what the the cex prices are and try to pitch, yeah. it, pitch it competitively yeah. against those um, I mean, that's that, a hell of a hell of a phone for that, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, and and it's in it's in great condition. But the, the truth the truth is, although I hung on to it, I wasn't using it. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I did get I got rid of my. I yeah. tend not to sell my iPhones so much, but I did get rid of my um, 
7 plus because it was it was worth 450 or something when I sold it I thought for something that I'm not using I cannot have that lying around so well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, 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 you know, my main phone is still the iPhone 10. If you're using an iPhone 10, unless you want to use uh, a 7 Plus as a tablet, well, you're really not sort of going to use it very much. And, and, yeah. and since I have sort of got quite used to the line of uh, Xiaomi Max phones, um, you don't need that and an iPhone 7 Plus. So, you know, it, it, was, it was time to go. It's time. For, yeah. It's time for several of my friends here to go, and, and uh, I'll, I'll get around to that over the next. Okay. Week. So, so on the subject of uh, Xiaomi Mi Maxes, yeah. uh, what was phone incoming number one? In phone, yeah, phone incoming number one was the uh, Mi Max Three, which very, very happily for me turned up the uh, morning of the day that I was going to see uh, our sorcerer in chief, Mister Mike Warner, um, and and that morning, or maybe the day before, actually. He put up his latest blog post because Mike has got an interesting thing. If, if ever you come across something that you you want, and Mike says he's buying it, try and get in first because, like, Mike ordered his Mi Max three about twenty minutes before I did, and mine took four days extra to arrive. Um, same thing with uh, what was the other thing he ordered? Oh, I know, uh, he, he ordered the uh, the the um, Techlast laptop. Uh, and, oh yeah, and he got one in the first batch, and everybody else who ordered one is sort of on back order for about a month. So yeah. look out for Mike saying he might order something and get in there quickly. But anyway, the good news was um, Mike sat down with me and uh, and we we worked our way through his notes and and hopefully found a couple of places where he needed to refine them. Um, but they were they were pretty much there, uh, and uh, we it, 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 the the way these things arrive when they're new is that, that some of the Chinese vendors create a ROM out. Of the Chinese ROM and call it a global ROM, um, but it isn't a genuine global ROM. And of course, the problem is you don't kind of know what else they might have put in there. Um, so how do they how do they do that then? They literally make they sort of root it, take the ROM off, yeah. hack about with it, then sort of crowbar it back on, back and on you've again, got a yeah. rooted phone with a Frankenstein ROM. Well, yeah, and then they unroot it. So it, they unroot it. Okay. The problem is you don't know what else they've added in there. So. Um, what, what Mike does is that he gets the, uh, the ROMs from Xiaomi EU, uh, where to some degree they're curated and, and checked over and whatever. And there's a large user community and, and word would get out quite quickly if they were, um, you know, in any way dodgy. Um, and as you install it, you can, you effectively run a batch file that says, I, w- I want the Google app, not the Huawei app or rather the Xiaomi app in this case. Um, yeah. and, and so you end up with a phone that effectively, is based heavily on uh, Xiaomi software, but you've you've got rid of most of Xiaomi's apps. This one actually, <coughs> excuse me, Mike did did root this one, and uh, we put on some software to change the DPI, so you, your icons are a bit smaller. And even with my eyes, I can cope with them being a bit smaller. Um, but what you end up with is a really zippy fast phone with pretty much stock Android on it. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm extremely happy with this. This is a I'm, I feel quite sure going to be quite a long lasting friend. The um, the last one lasted probably, I guess, 18 months, something like that, the Mi Max 2. Um, it, it went out uh, the other day. Uh, I think the uh, the new one is, is likely to be uh, a good successor. It, it's a nice-looking phone. seems to perform very well. So that was that was number one that came in. Okay. And what just for remind me, what's the screen size on that? I think it's 6.44 inches from recollection. It's a big screen. Okay. And innards are... Now you're going to ask the answer the questions now. I can't answer. Hold on. Let's have a let's have a quick look on GSM Arena. I'll tend to sort of 
buy these things and then forget them. Um, the inners are certainly good enough, are they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, let's have a look. Right, okay. We max three on GSM Arena. It has a uh, 6.9 inch screen. No, it's the old one that's 6.44. Sorry, beg your pardon. Uh, it's running 8.1 Oreo. Uh, my one's got 64 gigabytes of. Um, of storage and four gigabytes of RAM. There is a, a six and one to eight version, but it's very hard to get hold of at the moment. A dual micro SIM or um, SD card and, and, and sorry, nano SIM, not micro SIM. So it's, it's dual nano or nano and SD card. Okay. Um, it's, uh, and it'll take up to a 256 gigabyte uh, SD. Um, Snapdragon 636, which is actually plenty fast enough. Um, yep, that's decent enough. The only real thing I guess is missing, and I wouldn't want to do this anyway, is um, it's it's got just about every connection going, you know, Wi-Fi Direct, DLNA, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it, it appears to connect to umpteen GPS signals. Um, the only thing that is missing is uh, is NFC, so you couldn't use it for um, Android Pay and whatever. But quite honestly, if you you just wouldn't want to put a phone this size. It's almost tablet size down on a a, a, a pay terminal. It probably break the terminal from the size of it. Yeah, or something. yeah. Um, but it, it, no, it flies along. It's it, you know I'm very happy with it. I can't even remember how much it was now. It wasn't terribly expensive, a couple of hundred quid something like that. Um, and it arrived in what week ten days uh, from from the store that we both got it from. Um, uh, I think about it. This is the one that we got on eBay from a so-called Irish seller who then posted it from Singapore. Now I remember. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as they sometimes do. Um, but no, so it's, uh, so it's a nice piece of kit. I'm very happy with it. I will I will show it to you next time I see you. I'm yeah, sure. no, I can't wait. So that's uh, machine one. What's machine two? Well, this is sort of. A subset of that. The reason I went to see Mike was that um, some while ago uh, I realised I had a slight glut of Huawei's, and I thought, well, what'd be really interesting would be to get the uh, EMUI software off there and flash it with something that isn't full of all sorts of locks and hooks and whatever else that's that cause the thing to grind to a halt. And with a long, a bit of long distance tuition from Mike, I, I succeeded in locking the bootloader because I got in just before the deadline. Um, and, and then I managed to, uh, install a, a different recovery on it. And that was when things started to go wrong. Um, basically the problem is this, there's some issue with uh, the Kirin chipset that once you've, once you've done various things with it, you can no longer see it as a, a drive when you plug it into Windows. Which means, of course, you can't drag and drop the uh, new recovery and new ROM onto it. And unless you're extremely lucky, you end up in a horrible sort of loop situation where if only you could do one thing, it would all boot up and work properly. Has it not got a micro SD to get the no, files on there? No, no, no. no. So we, we thought about that. It, it irritates what about you. the using the on-the-go uh, USB-C port? I've done that a couple of times. Well, that might have been an option. We didn't try that one, actually. So that's certainly a thought. In, in the end, after about a week of sitting up late at night trying to do this and that and the other and spending hours reading XDA, I, I admitted defeat. And I was very upset about this because I've, I've done this with quite a lot of phones. I mean, I've got a, a 1M9 sitting around there somewhere that I, I got um, Lineage onto, and it, it works just fine. And, and indeed, the Mi Max th- 3, um, we did have one little hiccup in Mike's instructions, but we... We did it from start to finish in about an hour and a half. It was no no great problem. Um, but anyway, I, I had to give in. I, I sent it back to, to, to I sent it off to Mike, who kindly said he'd look at it, and and he basically sort of said, well, he wasn't absolutely clear why it hadn't worked when I was doing it, but he he, he got it to work first time. I think probably 
just genius is probably the real reason they worked first time. Uh, so I'm, I'm still the sorcerer's apprentice, that's for sure. Um, and, uh, he got it working. And so I now have, uh, a Mate 10 Pro that isn't full of Huawei clutter. Um, and that's interesting. It, it really has noticeably speeded the thing up. Um, so that, that's Is what... it still EMUI no. underneath, I take it? No, 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 it's gone. It's gone, different. It's, uh, it's, it's, I'm trying to know what the, what the uh, firmware is, but it, it comes off the Open Kirin website, which is another, another developer website. It probably is somewhere down there, EMUI, but it doesn't have all of the vicious battery optimizations. So things do seem to, to stay running in the background. So far, Okay, but anyway. it's not it's not AOSP, but it is some sort of cut-down um, EMUI, is it? Uh, well, that's what I'm just wondering, actually. Um, Showing if it is, I looked up exactly what the ROM was for the Mi Max 3, but I forgot to do this one. Let's see if I can get into settings and, and find out. Um, we didn't actually spend very much time on this, because basically we both wanted to get the, um, the Mi Max 3 uh, done in that time. Let's see what About Phone now says... Uh, not a great lot. Security patch level July 18, which is okay. Um, I'm going to have to do a bit of research. Uh, yeah, it, okay. It's a project, I, I know it's a Project Treble ROM. Uh, oh, hang on, hang on. Uh, Omni ROM version 8.1 Treble. Uh, so, uh, I don't really know. I guess if it's working on Treble, then it it could be pretty much anything, couldn't it? Yeah, I, I, I certainly you don't get any of the sort of... Uh, problems that you get with uh, anything else running EMUI, so I'm um, hopeful it might be okay. I'll tell you in 10 days' time, and if the worst, cool. comes, worst comes to the worst, um, I can flash the original Huawei software back on there, and it'll just be a, a totally standard Make 10 Pro. Um, so that, that one sort of went out and came back again, uh, so we, we can't really count that one as, as um, <laughs> entirely new. It's not an official new purchase, it's kind of a belated purchase that's come back to you. Yeah, it sort of gives me the same feeling of setting up a phone that, that you get otherwise. I mean, actually, if, if ever you get bored with a phone, something I've discovered is change the case. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I've discovered I definitely go through phases in what sort of cases I like. Yeah. And then you suddenly think, oh, it's almost like I'm in a new phone. Stupid, but there you go. I like lots of different cases, but I always come back to these cheap, clear plastic ones because they're the grippiest. And they're the, I just, any other case, it doesn't feel as grippy, but it's, they're the cheapest feeling. So I, I you take know. your most expensive phone, your iPhone 10, you put a five quid clear gel case on it and it feels the same as every other phone I, I always have a case that's got something to put a wrist strap through which, which you know makes me a bit old-fashioned i'm sure but on two occasions now it saved me from losing a phone and in one of those occasions the phone in question would have been going into a harbor in north america so it, mm. it would have lost most of my holiday photos um and i've recently found a range um it seems to be made by uh, well, they're, they're obviously Chinese, and they seem to appear under different names. But they're really thin cases with with um, holes for a wrist strap. But they're really quite nice and grippy too, and they they don't really change the profile of the phone much at all. Uh, which who's who's is that? I'm trying to think who they're made by. Let's look. I, I, I bought one on eBay the other day. Let's see if I can um, find out who it was from or, or, or who the manufacturer was. Um, well, I get them from an eBay seller called Bits and Bobs UK Limited, who are based in Halifax. Um, okay. And they seem to have a pretty wide range of phone cases, but they're, they're not staggeringly expensive. That's the thing. I mean, uh, the one for the Mi Max 3 was two ninety nine, including postage. Um, and it's a really quite nice case. It's not, not a stunning case. It won't set the world alight. The same place they've been selling them, uh, selling them with a screen protector for an extra pound. 
Well, at four quid, you can afford to sort of risk getting the odd one wrong. Can't yeah, you, really? yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I tell you. You'll have to, use these to days. Uh, forward the link for that. Yeah. that. Sounds interesting. Which which phone would you like a link for? Let's start with the V30 or iPhone 10. Um, V30 slim cases. I think what I searched. Anyway, let's let's not talk about me searching on uh, on eBay. Got the most exciting or interesting podcast. Uh, the other phone that I got was. Um, well, this is this is this is the mistake of of chatting chatting with your friends, isn't it? That um, effectively, um, one day, ten days ago, perhaps fortnight ago, Amazon dot com had a sudden flash sale on yes. the Essential Phone, and the Essential Phone is one that I've thought several times. Wow, well, yeah, quite like to play with that. A little bit expensive. Don't know that I'm really going to spend that much on it. But this one, um, being Amazon, they actually arrange it, arrange it also. They pay the tax, so my conscience is is, is clear on that one. Um, it ended up being two hundred and seventy dollars for the Essential Phone, which I think, from recollection, was about five hundred quid, wasn't it, when it first came out? Uh, yeah, yeah. And and I've got to say, I'm very impressed. Um, it, it, the best way to describe it is it's rather like a, a, a larger um, iPhone 5 series with the, you know, the the metal band around the outside. Uh, it has a really lovely clear screen, really, really nice screen. Um, plenty bright enough for my use, maybe not for Kev, you know, but we can't have everything, can we? Um, and... It runs, uh, you load it up, and once you've signed in, the first thing it does is, is upgrade you to uh, Android Pie. So it's currently running Android 9 straight away, uh, literally out of the box. Um, and the happy news is there's an entire enthusiast group devoted to making ports of the Google camera solely for the essential phone. So the Google camera works beautifully on this, really, really well. So it's kind of like having a, a 240 quid pixel, really, only running the very latest software and... It's fast, it's fluid, it's, uh, well, it's kind of sad for them that they more or less given up on the idea of making much more hardware, to be honest. That's, a, that's I think, my overriding thought. It's a, it's a very nice phone. The only problem is I can't find a case that I like for it. But, um, so that's, that's the other one. And, and the irony of it is that the, the uh, kind gentleman who put this temptation in my way um, yeah. is having the most awful problems with Yodel, who today have failed to do, deliver um, an essential phone to him for the second time. And this is this is the second essential phone after they lost the first one. Um, and, and actually, I'd just like to say, I've gone as far as complaining to Amazon.com about Yodel. Not that it'll make much difference, but I want it on record, because mine was due to arrive on Monday this week. In fact, it arrived on Friday last week, which... There's no, no great cause for being upset, I agree. Except what did they do with this parcel with, you know, take care and import duty stickers and whatever all over it? Answer, they left it on my front doorstep when I was out. Uh, and it was yeah. the, it was there for at least two hours. Um, yeah. No more than 20 feet from the road. They didn't put anything through the door. So if somebody had walked off with it, I would have had no idea that it was delivered. And then about five hours after I actually finally came home and found it, I got an email to say it had been delivered. And you just think, yeah. well... That's really not acceptable, is it? So, no. So that doesn't surprise me in the least. No, but no I'm afraid not, not acceptable. I'm afraid not. I, I wish people wouldn't use Yodel. I just, I'm afraid they're just not, not dependable enough, are they? Um, I, the thing that I don't understand is it can't take too much to whip them into shape. You know, no. all the technology is there. You know, you could put a really crude uh, application in the phones that you have on the for the delivery drivers. You know, get them to put it in a you know like an Uber type app that they all put in their car into their uh, yeah. ford sierras that they'll drive around uh, throwing the packages out the side of <laughs> it, it should be quite easy for them to um make it as 
easy to use as as some of the best delivery um, companies like you know DPD and all the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I think the way that they behave with with me was shabby, but I think I was the lucky one <laughs> because yeah. because at least I did come home and find the package and it wasn't was undamaged. Um, but really, that's that's just not good enough, is it? Yeah, you I mean, I've. That. I've come home to packages that have just been left on the um, doorstep and I'm very happy when I get home, they're on the doorstep and they haven't been stolen But because uh, I get it straight away and I don't have to worry about going to the depot or anything. But I certainly wouldn't want to turn up and have nothing on the doorstep and then for them to turn around and say, oh yeah, we just chucked it on your doorstep. Um, sorry, it seems to have gone walkies. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that's bad enough if it's something not very expensive. But if it if it's something quite expensive, like, you know, a £280 phone, or that wasn't that much, $280, wasn't it? So 220-something pounds phone, uh, it's still not very amusing because no doubt they'd have said, well, we delivered it. And I'd have gone... But you didn't. I mean, I've, I've had the presumably old... they would have. They, they didn't know it was an essential phone as no, opposed no, no, to no. a Note Nine, so they could have just chucked a one thousand pound phone on your doorstep. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, I've had problems with them before. On, on one occasion, not so long ago, they they're, they're, in, in the West Midlands conurbation there is another road with the same name as, as the one I live in, and that's not so unusual if you you live in a fairly big area. The other one is about six miles away from here. Uh, mm. a totally different postcode. Uh, and I've had parcels delivered there by Yodel before now, which not so helpful either, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're not my favourite favourite people. When I when I hear the word Yodel and delivery in in, in connection with anything that I want, uh, I get quite upset quite quickly. Really, <laughs> it, um, it it yeah, it ended okay, but it, it so easily couldn't have done because for a start off, the delivery day was different, and and well, as I say, they they just left it on my desk, which. I find quite incredible. Yeah, it's it's really not good enough, is it? No, no, it's poor. Well, there we go. Enough of Yodel, and and sorry, Daniel. Uh, you know, you've got another day waiting for your essential phone. All I say is, it's really lovely. The screen <laughs> is beautiful. It's fast. It's fluid. It runs Android nine. Uh, it's like almost like having a Pixel. It doesn't cost so much. It runs the Google camera perfectly, and. You're really missing, and and actually, that's the best retribution I've got for the fact that you persuaded me in short notice to go out and buy one. That sounds fair enough. <laughs> Joking apart, it's a lovely phone, and um, I hope you enjoy it when it does. Tell me. It's it's really very nice. The build quality, just one last thing to say about it, is probably as good as a, as the iPhone. There aren't very many phones you can say that about. It feels similarly solid, and and you know it's easy to hold. Screen is good. Um, I I really am very pleased with it. Genuinely. Yeah, now I have heard that the build quality is uh, top-notch on it. So uh, I can't remember what the thing was that put me off. I think it was just because uh, I assumed it would all be tied up with the American network frequencies and therefore it wouldn't really be usable uh, in the UK. But I And I also was a bit put off by the camera being lacklustre at launch and uh, the, th- the, the whole point of having the like Moto Mod style connections at the back just seemed... A bit pointless and I didn't really want to it's one of those things where I don't want to pay for uh, a phone that has these pointless features on because you know I feel like they've wasted money that could be spent elsewhere but it sounds like um, overall it's a decent phone and it works perfectly in the UK um, yeah I, I mean what, I, what I'd have to say to you is I'm not at all convinced by the, the Moto Mod style thing um, either um, I'm just checking the frequencies yeah it, it has all of the European 4G bands for example so you're not going to have a problem with that. 
it's uh, actually lacking the 1800 band on 3G, so I suppose that could be a problem, but equally there's not very many occasions lately that you can't um, can't get a 4G signal, I suppose, in the main main conurbations, and, and it does have uh, 2G. I wonder if that's actually strictly speaking correct, but but no, so far it's been fine. And, and like you, when it first came out, the camera was bad, that put me off straight away. The price was high, that also put me off. Um, and indeed, if you go on Amazon now, they've they've put the price back up by about hundred dollars. So, yeah. so it must have been one of those things where they just had a, a bit too many of the one and wanted to destock. Uh, yeah, and probably it gives you a much better idea of what their cost price was. Um, and and in that sense, yeah, I think I was lucky to get it. it, it and actually, it, it did impel me to start getting rid of some of them because I was so bad at that. I, I put them to one side, thinking, "Yeah, I'll come back to that another time." And then three months later, you realise it's lost half its value, and you haven't yeah, touched it no, at all. So, absolutely, yeah. So you know, there we go. So yeah, that's that's the other thing that that, uh, that I've I've bought this week. Um, so yeah, been, been an interesting week tech wise. So I haven't got anything this week, but I did get uh, a couple of rather interesting phone budget phones in. And um, I got them in because I knew that I could sell them on without losing too much money. Uh, and one of them I thought would be uh, a bit of a keeper. Mm-hmm. So the first one I got in was the Nokia 6.1 Plus. Uh, so I'd never... Oh, actually, I had the Nokia 8, which I thought was pretty good. Um, but I didn't like the 16 by 9 screen. Mm-hmm. So I've got this uh, Nokia 6.1 Plus in, and it's really lovely. I mean, lovely build quality, lovely screen. The screen is really bright, really crisp. Um, the one problem that it has, it, it has with a lot of phones, I find, which is, um, I think I'm getting this the right way around when I say that they set the PPI too high. So you end up getting four, uh, five icons across everything when the screen possibly would be a little bit roomier with four icons. Uh-huh. The the default writing is always a little bit too small. And certainly I've found with older versions of Android, if I crank up the font size and the general sizing in settings, it, the whole thing goes to pot and everything overlaps and it nothing fits in its box anymore and... All the apps then look really horrible when you load them up. So I've kind of gone with the theory that unless the phone has got the right um, text size and spacing out the box, I tend to think it's a bit of a lost cause. So this Nokia is a little bit too small. Uh, Having said that, when you crank up the the font, maybe it's because of um, Oreos a little bit better than this than earlier Androids, crank up the font, crank up the sizing, and it does a decent job of um, not being too small to read. So the only problem with it is the lack of band 20 and the lack of NFC. Mm. So you'd struggle to make it your main phone, especially if you were on the O2 network. Yeah. But um, it's dual SIM, micro SD card. It's got the Snapdragon 636, really snappy. I definitely recommend it. And so I think I'll go through the other one, but this Nokia, I think is going to be the one that I'm going to sell. So you might be able to buy it off me if you want it. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to, trying to get rid of it. Honestly, James, I, 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 there's no nothing more than parting a fool and his money. And, and I seem to have been parted with quite a lot, so I must be quite a fool. But uh, uh, this sort of constant attempt to find a, a good camera phone and actually I, I, i'm fast coming to the conclusion that most of the phones i've got have actually got quite good cameras on them. yeah uh, and and I, I should just stop this this senseless quest that's yeah costing me loads and getting me nowhere well that cam the camera on that um nokia 6.1 plus is p- 
perfectly respectable. Mm. Um, as is the camera on this second cheap phone that I got in. Another which one, was another one. <laughs> the Xiaomi Mi A1, no, Mi, what is it? Mi, A, Mi A2, is it? Mi A2 Lite. Oh, Lite. So oh, you've gone for the yeah. real cheap one. Well, I went for the real cheap one because, it, in my mind, it had the better specs. Mm-hmm. So it has got a headphone jack and it's able to have two nano sims and a micro sd on the side yeah okay and and also it's got a much bigger battery it's got 4000 milliamp hour battery versus the 3000 on the non-light um and okay it's got a snapdragon 620 soc which is fairly ancient these days Mm. but i'm thinking of it as kind of just a direct replacement for the uh me a1 yeah which i really liked but but I sold because it was a little bit too wide. This is thinner. Um, I, I think that's the main reason, actually. It was just a little bit too wide. So this one fits in the hand a lot better. It's chunkier. It sounds a lot better through the headphone jack because it doesn't have that horrific attempt at putting an amp and some additional software on, which the A1 had, which I didn't think worked at all. Mm-hmm. Um and you don't get many phones which where you can have dual SIM and a micro SD. No, very, very few. It's got band 20 and it's got pentaband on the 3G. You know, it's it's a really well-specced phone. The camera isn't, I'm sure, as good as the non-light one, but the camera here is perfectly um, passable. So I think this is my um, go-on-holiday-to-a-dodgy-place phone where it's, a, <laughs> it's like 120 quid's worth of phone, but it does everything you need it to do. It's got a battery that's going to last... a day of absolutely getting hammered and you can put your micro sd card this is becoming a speciality isn't it going on a whole load of dodgy places yeah yeah (laughs) and and when you do you don't want to take your iphone x like the south of france wasn't it last time well south of france yeah that's very dodgy Um, there's a lot of uh french baguettes being um wielded and red wine to slip on and all that kind of stuff sounds very nice so this is your sort of pub phone um, yeah, so I think that it's interesting that you say pub phone because I think if you're going to, if you go down the pub, it's an event where you might want to end up taking some yeah, photos yeah. and therefore you might want to take a decent camera. And I suppose most phones these days are waterproof, top end ones. Pretty much. I suppose if you go into a pub that's super rough and you're going to get mugged every five minutes, then yeah, you might want to take the, uh, the Mi A2 in there. But, um, I think Mike was highlighting the fact that you can get the 3 gig, 32 gig one for £118 delivered. That's crazy, isn't it? And, you know, there's the amount of phone and the amount of useful phone that you're getting for that is quite incredible. It is really a really nice phone. And the only real problem with it is you have the power of the 625. But I don't know if you've ever used a phone with a Snapdragon 65 and it's perfectly adequate. Yeah, um, some things some things are nice and nippy on it. Some things are fractionally slower than a than a flagship, but it's absolutely really good. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the thing you've got to remember is exactly how how things were not so long ago. I mean, I, I was looking at this the other day uh, in in dare I say, uh, um, nineteen eighty six. I got sent out to work in Australia, uh, and I thought to myself, well, I'm probably never going to get another chance to to come here. I'll buy a decent camera on the way over there. And I bought uh, Minolta 7000, which was one of the earliest um, autofocus SLRs. Um, and 
Apart from the fact I nearly bankrupted myself taking 2,000 photographs in wait for it four months, I think I probably managed 20,000 now, but still. Um, the pictures on it aren't anything like as good as a modern smartphone. You know, I, I took some pictures in Melbourne at night, and I remember getting this, this special high-speed film, uh, which probably was something like 1,600 ASA, you know, nothing really by comparison to what a smartphone can do these days, which is about 100,000 ASA. Um, and, and it was terrifically expensive, and yet, you know, you, you're doing that with a cheap phone these days. You get a night shot as good as the ones I got there. And at the time, everybody went, oh, those are really great shots. So you're right. You don't need to go to something really crazy to be able to take decent pictures. It, it's actually the case that most things will take a reasonable picture. You you sometimes need something to, to eke a bit more out of the uh, the camera and a bit of knowledge. But it's more down to skill taking photographs, I think, these days. Yeah. Unless you're doing telephoto or something special anyway. So I have to, whilst we're on the subject of uh, cameras and photos, uh, I took out my iPhone X uh, to a little festival fate thing that I went to at the weekend. Mm-hmm. I took some photos around there and they were really, really good. And it was, I'm on the iOS 12 beta now on the uh, iPhone X and they've made some quite interesting improvements to how that works. So they've definitely improved the portrait mode a lot really? on the iphone 10 yeah they seem to be using um hdr a bit more than they were because it went wrong a couple of times so it's yeah. still not perfect um the edge detection is i i think it's the best on the iphone versus the other implementations uh, I, I don't think i'm um i don't think everyone agrees with me on that but i just get some fantastic looking portrait photos using the iPhone 10 and also I've started to use the um portrait lighting a little bit as well just to um where because you've got to use the uh f2.4 lens as your main lens when you're taking the photos sometimes they can be a touch dark mm-hmm. and just using that portrait lighting to bring the highlights of the face up a little bit I find works a treat so yeah I've got some fantastic photos there and yeah, they they don't bear close inspection, um, the portrait ones. But you know, on a phone or a medium distance, they look just like a DSLR to me. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing what you can achieve. And I mean, I, I was thinking about the the Apple launch in a week's time, isn't it? Um, superficially, if you look at what they, what's been leaked, and, and I'm not convinced that was an, was an accidental leak at all, but maybe it was. Who knows? But superficially, it's hard to see that they're actually bringing very many improvements to the party this year. And yet, I'll bet they do somewhere because they want you to say the iPhone 10 is great, but the the 10s, and I'm sure it's going to become those the XS. But still, there you go. Yeah. Um, I, they, they they want people to buy that instead. So it is truly incredible what what's actually achievable. And 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 yeah, you're right. The, the portrait mode is is. Well, I have a love-hate relationship with it. In some ways, it's great. In other ways, I think in 10 years' time, everybody's going to go, oh, that was a picture taken in 2017 or 18, because everybody's using yeah. portrait mode then. So I think it, I, I tend to take two. I tend to take one with it and without it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's well, you know your bets, you know. You know it takes one without it anyway, so yeah. you can turn the portrait off. It's getting at it, though, isn't it? Yeah, you t- you, the easiest thing to do there is to, to turn it off on the phone and then copy it back off again, so... Uh, it does make the workflow a little bit uh, involved if you want to make sure you cover all your bases. So I think you kind of take all your photos off your phone as JPEGs and don't delete them off the phone at that point. Check to see if any of the portrait shots need tweaks, like they need the lighting changed or they need the um, blur taken out. 
go back to your iPhone, do those changes, copy them back off the iPhone again. You got your JPEG. So yeah, it is a little bit involved. Mm. Bit of a bit of a palaver, but they're perfectly doable. That's the point. You know, you can do it if you want to. Um, I think it's often very hard to get the, the picture perfectly right the first time. Um, and and I don't know if I had more time, I probably would edit quite a lot of my pictures actually. But they're they're good enough. Is how I tend to feel about them. Yeah. And, and I go that that sort of way. You know. Um, but no, I, 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 there will be something in that announcement next week that that makes an awful lot of people, possibly me included, go. Mm. Yeah, I've got to go for that. That's something I've got to have that I didn't know I needed before. Um, I think the the thing about the okay, so let's go let's go back then. If you had the seven, let's say you still had the seven plus, and all they released was the eight plus. So all you were getting was wireless charging and an incremental improvement on the camera and the speed of of uh, execution and everything. Would you have done that? Because I'm not sure I would have done that on my seven plus. Oh, um, I did do that. Um, I did do that because I convinced myself that um, I didn't really want the 10, that Face ID was a, a gimmick that wasn't going to succeed. Um, and I thought, well, I might as well get this 8 Plus um, and, you know, I'll just sit out the, the 10. Um, that didn't turn out to be a very good plan because when the 10 came out and I actually got to see one as opposed to seeing video of it, um, en- enormous gadget lust took over immediately. Yeah, uh, so yeah. so I sold the eight plus at a not inconsiderable loss and bought a ten. Um, and and I have to say I still love the ten. I, I, there are so many good things about the iPhone ten that no matter how many Androids I try, they're better at some things sometimes. But on balance, if you said right, you're only allowed one phone. Yeah. Two seconds hesitation is probably the most it would be. Yeah, yeah, no, same here, definitely. Um, which is not to say I don't love my Androids. I do. I, I, I you know. I, I think the thing about Androids is they they appeal to the I can never play with this I can I can fiddle with this and get get it to do that and and um, you know in a way that you can't really do with the iPhone I think I think really with the iPhone you you kind of almost don't know the phone is there whereas with um with with Android obviously you know the phone is there and you you probably are best advised to to work on it a bit before you sort of say yeah this is how I want it because you you can customize it to do what you want it to do well that of course is a great strength as well um, but I think it probably is the the main difference between the two that that with iOS the fact that you don't have a lot of options kind of means you get on with using it yeah no I think you're definitely right I I, I I'm struggling to think of what they're going to introduce. I mean, there was initially some rumours about the bigger one having three lenses, mm. three sensors. That seems to have died down a little bit now. I mean, and if they did release it with wide-angle, normal and telephoto on the big one, then that would have some interest for me. But, you know, just having it, just having the 10 faster and a slightly better camera and having the 10S Plus bigger, faster... I'm not sure that's enough for me. No. I mean, I'm def- there's I- one thing that I'm definitely going to get um, on the 12th or whenever the release comes after that, and that is a replacement watch. Yeah, yeah, we don't mention the watch, do we? And we're going to get AppleCare this time, aren't we? We are, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I did smash my second um, um, Apple Watch in exactly the same fashion as I smashed my first one. I, I don't think, you know, that, that actually with the target market of the new iPhones coming out in 10 days' time, as in people who've already got a 10? Yeah, I think that if you, if you look at what's happening with the lineup, I think they're going to gradually introduce Face ID through the lineup probably over a two, three year period. 
and they know perfectly well we probably won't upgrade from the 10, but then they've made, yeah. they've made $400 on that already, haven't they? And, and that's, that's ignoring the services. And, and again, if you, if you look at Apple's results, the services business is growing at a very fast rate every quarter. Um, I can't remember what the percentage was now. And of course, you can always have a fast growth rate when you start very low, but it's no longer as low as it was. And, and the thing about it is it's sustainable, isn't it? Because the, the music is going to be there. The Apple Pay is going to be there. Um, Apple isn't going to be too worried, I don't think, about selling you and me an, an iPhone XS. What it wants to do is to sell to the people who bought the 8, 8 Plus, uh, or have hung on to their 7 Plus. Um, yeah. and, and it wants them to move on to, to Face ID. And my guess is that once it's got them moved on, then it will look at what, what we can do about replacing the, the SE, uh, and, and getting people further down the, the food chain, for want of a better word, um, moved on to Face ID and, and other more locked in Apple things. Yeah. It's going to be interesting the fact that they're not, in theory, they're not going to bring a new sort of home buttoned iPhone out. Uh, on the 12th and it's going to be three uh, face id versions and it'd be very curious to see what they leave of the home buttoned iphones still in the range do they drop the se out at this point do they I, drop I the success so. out no, I don't, why would they need to if you, if you go on apple's website now you've got phones that go from everything on, on the website price from what 260 pounds for the se and you can get it quite a lot cheaper of course all the way through to the, the top 10. Um, there'll probably be a little shuffling down the price range on those, and the new ones will slot in on top. And let's not forget, you know, last year when the exchange rate was $1.32 to the pound, Apple used one twenty-five, I think, from recollection. Um, they took all the exchange rate risk and threw it on the consumer. So there's definitely going to be an increase, I would have thought, this year, because uh, the exchange rate is, what, one twenty-three, one twenty-four now? So they're probably going to pitch the price at $1.15 to the pound. So that they cater for any nasty fluctuation, which we all know we may well have in the next 12 months. Um, so I think that the, the new phones are just going to slot in on the top of the pile, uh, be a moderate cut in the price of all the rest, and they'll all still be available. And, and Unless, of course, it's possible that one of those phones isn't selling very well, you know, and, and Apple will know what the sales figures are, which which we don't. I mean, it, it may be the success is, is time for it to go now if they're going to cut the price of the 7, for example. But, but my guess is that it, they won't actually cut very much at all. They'll, they'll do it by flexing the production numbers. I think one thing they could do is there's no real need now that they're introducing this budget iPhone 10. Um, God knows what they call it. Maybe the iPhone 9. Yeah. So um, this budget iPhone 10 then competes with the old existing iPhone 10. So I think it's quite possible that they just drop our iPhone 10. Well, it's possible. I mean, I, I, my, my wife has been due an upgrade for about six months now. And I think actually Face ID would be really good for her because... Uh, she she has the problem of when she gets cold, the touch ID doesn't work, um, yeah. and and she does have circulation problems in her fingers. Um, so I'm I'm kind of hoping that when the new ones are announced, there will be a drop in the ten, in which case I'll probably upgrade it to, to one because um, I think there might be some really good bargains going on tens if 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 that theory is true. Maybe yeah, maybe because you'll maybe just get a second hand one or one from uh, one of the high street stores. Um, so if, if Apple drops it themselves, but of course they might price that 6.1 inch one competitively. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, and yeah. by competitively, I mean, you know, expense, super expensive, but not a grand. In the in the Apple sphere of things, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. It's quite possible. I'm, I'm sure they've got their strategy completely worked out now. What, what I am hoping is that, that 
one of the ones that comes to Europe and the rest of the world has got dual SIM. Because that's about the only thing that would make me think about about um, moving the 10, because um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to travel quite a lot, and once we get beyond Brexit, who knows? We're supposedly leaving the EU's digital market. That means that we'll no longer be uh, subject to the regulation that, that prevents roaming charges. Um, having a spare SIM is not a bad thing. As, as I found no. out in Switzerland the other day, when I made the mistake of using roaming data on my Virgin SIM, I need to discover that Virgin is the only UK network that um, charges for roaming in Switzerland because they technically are allowed to. It's not part of the EEA. Um, I suppose that's not true. Sky doesn't allow me to roam at all anywhere, which is a bit frustrating, but still. Um, but no, I actually got charged quite a lot in Switzerland, which was a bit irritating. But hmm. um, having, a, having a local sim is, I fear, going to be more and more important in some of these places. Well, that's true. So the rumour has it that the only one with two physical sim slots is going to be that middle one, or of even available in that SKU. So it could be that the UK ones don't. But I did hear that they're going to put the eSIM in the phones as well as having the yep. uh, sim slot so you if you're prepared to embed your main number into your iphone and have that as an e-sim you could do a dual sim job uh with having using the nano sim and the e-sim so that's what some of the rumors are saying because they can do that on the other <laughs> no i wouldn't either but um i i wonder if they would bother if they did put dual sim in the middle one um some rumors say the big one as well but if they put it in the middle one you know because it's the one that's focused on the developing markets um uh, would they make that SKU available in the uk or would they just do a single sim one my, my guess is no if that was the only way they did it i mean i, I was just looking and failing to find uh, an article on Mac Rumours the other day, which seems to suggest two of them would be dual SIM and one wouldn't. I mean, yeah, I think uh, the latest one said that the big one might be dual SIM as well. I mean, the only the only embedded SIM that I know of is in the Apple Watch. Well, that's not true. There's one embedded and the iPads. Yeah, oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's actually one in the, in the Gemini as well, but there's no way of activating it, which uh, which is a bit of a shame. Um, I'm just looking at a new rumour about new iPads, which look, funnily enough, to have a sort of more iPhone five type head shape. But that's, that's a slight change of subject. Let's see if I can find this article I was looking at. This was quite a nice table in here of what they thought were going to be the new um, new specifications and whatever, and what was going to have dual SIM and so on. Here it is. I found it. Yeah, that, this is suggesting. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Seems like one one or two for the six point one and the six point five, but only, but only one in the five point eight, which is the the one that's the equivalent of the iPhone ten, isn't it? Yeah. So interesting. That's, that's, I, I'd be really pleased if they do that. Um, uh, yeah, I have genuinely found dual SIM phones quite useful when I've been abroad. Um, the other thing about it, of course, is if you're going to a, a meeting somewhere like I was, um, I had a, a Swisscom SIM in, and that meant the people I was meeting could call me on a Swiss number, and people from home could call me on a British number, so it, it saved everybody costs all round. It, uh, it'll be great to have that in an iPhone. Yeah. If you're listening, Tim, get it organised by next week. Well, I think we mentioned it previously in that if he wants to... Um appeal some markets it's kind of um compulsory to have a dual sim isn't it yeah. so if you want to end if you want to do anything in those markets you've got to go with your dual sim so um there's probably a few more things that we could chat about especially things like the upcoming ipads and uh yeah some potential controversy around there around face id and headphone jacks but i think we'll leave that for another day yeah it's looking that way isn't it thanks very much for the chat richard great always good to talk to you james and uh and you know hope uh Hope everybody's well and enjoying themselves and, and make the most of your time. Enjoy yourself.
Absolutely, yeah. Okay, cheers, Richard. Ciao for now. See you then. Bye.